Hello, it's Gray. Hello, it's Crystal. And this is Vast Asian Beauty, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times. And I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian. So for today's episode, we will be discussing uh, season four. In general, this is going to be our season four ender and some season five expectations as well. So for today's episode, we actually have our very first guest in the podcast. Ooh. This is uh, Monica from uh, I've Been Meaning to Watch That. Uh, Monica, would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Yes, I would. Hi, everybody. My name is Monica. Like Grace said, I am from the I've Been Meaning to Watch That podcast. It's a podcast that I created and I host every other week. Well, every single week, I have a new guest, new topic, and we talk about, you know, all things under the sun. Um, my newest episode is going to be about Mean Girls, where we talk about the 2004 film the um, 2015 musical and yeah, then the newest like musical and you like do like a breakdown of it. I've heard that there are actually lesbians in it. Hell Except yeah. Yes, yes. Janice is confirmed okay. queer. We'd love to see it. And Renee Rapp likes to talk about how Regina mm-hmm. George to her is gay and I support it. So, you know, there's that. And I think the week before that, we did an episode about Yellow Jackets uh-huh. in the Wilds. So there's a lot that you guys can listen to. Uh, feel free to check us out wherever you listen to the podcast. I've watched Yellow Jackets. I haven't watched the Wilds. But anyway, yeah. It's a, it's a good show. It's interesting. Okay, so before we actually start uh, our usual season four, uh, season ender format, I want to ask you first, like, what is your background as a supernatural watcher? So I started watching Supernatural when I was fairly young. To be perfectly honest, I used to catch episodes of Supernatural just randomly on the WB Mm. back when it was a WB. And then I started watching like reruns on TNT. And I didn't really know that much about the show. And it wasn't until my family got an internet when I was 13 years old, like internet and cable, that I was able to like fully start watching the show. Like I started watching from the beginning to, you know, the, at least the current season that was running. And I think it was season eight. So from there, uh, I would watch every single, I would watch the seasons live as they happen on CW or I'd watch on CW.com and suffer through their three minute commercials which i feel like are longer than the commercials on tv but i would you know watch the current season and then when it ends i'd go back to the beginning on netflix and watch all the way through and you know netflix only puts a new season of of supernatural like a month before the new season airs on cw yeah and um that's i mean that's really my like experience with supernatural Mm. and also i was a tumblr girl so i was already deep in it and then when um a certain somebody, you know, was fridged in season yeah. 10 of Supernatural. That's when I stopped watching it. And then they brought the Nephilim in season 13. And then I was like, you know what? Let me give it a chance again. And they announced that it was ending season 15. So I was like, it's time for a rewatch. And so I am kind of a Supernatural expert. But, you know, that's like maybe on the intermediate level. I know a lot of yeah, Supernatural. Yeah, I don't even I know say. who got fridged in season 10. So... You should. 
It's um, yeah. it's our well, resident hey, favorite. I'm supposed to only know about this from social media. Don't tell me. <laughs> but this is like a big yeah. It's surprising think, that you don't know about it because yeah. when it happened, if I it told was you, huge. you'd be like, oh, okay. I think you just don't recall Already the know. specific mm-hmm. season that it happened, but you know it happened for sure. <laughs> so right. that's very interesting, actually. So like, you watched it like the way. Most people who are just casual watchers watch it also, like, just on the TV before you got really into it. Yeah. Did you have, like, incredibly yeah, different yeah, perspectives did. on the characters and everything before you watched it, like, fully? When you were just watching it, like, on the te- on the telly? When I was watching it just casually, I just felt like, oh, these are two brothers and they're hunting monsters. And I thought of it as, like, a supernatural yeah. procedural because I was already acquainted with, I already watched like Charmed, and before that I've watched um, like Smallville. Um, so Supernatural is just another one of those shows that came on TV, yeah. but I didn't really know about it. But it was the only show that like really drew my interest, just because like it has such a strong fan base yeah. on Tumblr. Um, so watching it casually was like, oh, this is a TV show. I watch it the same way I watch Bones. Like, I'm not going to watch it in order. I'm just going to watch it what's on TV. But then when I started watching it, like, seriously sit, sat down watching it, I was like, there's a lot yeah. of lore behind this. And I feel like that really sucked me in. I'm not sure if actually I was watching it on Filipino television with the Tagalog dub, like, before I started watching the show, like, mm-hmm. actually, or if I caught it sometimes before that also but like the experience of catching a show on television is truly a different experience than like you know watching it intentionally so it is like fascinating when people are like oh and Mm -hmm. i started watching supernatural like just catching it on the television i want to ask specifically about season four like i I think the last time we spoke to each other you mentioned that you love season four like it really is your favorite season so, I do. I would say season four, in my eyes, is like one of the best seasons of Supernatural. Um, I would say like the season that I kind of hold dear to me is season three, but that's kind of short. And it's also like, a, it's like season three of Supernatural is like season four of Community. You know what I mean? It's like the gas leak season. Like every single episode is like, a, not a throwaway, but it's very meta and it's very goofy. And even though it kind of sets you up for season four, it doesn't really like, it goes deep into like the whole like heaven and hell thing, but not too deep. And the season four is really when like everything gets nailed down. Like you learn the lore, you introduce the angels, you introduce the apocalypse, you introduce God and like Michael and all these things. And the Sam and Dean realize that they go from being hunters to being instruments of God. And the thing that they did out of obligation becomes something they do that's as their destiny. And they have to, you know, come to terms with whether or not they're going to fulfill this destiny or they have to come to terms with the fact that like they don't do it and something even worse happens, you know? So that's why I like season four because it raises the stakes. I think um, I've said this prior, Mm -hmm. uh, but like I do think, tend to think of season one to three as the prequel of the show <laughs> like and season four is when it really starts yeah. like it really <laughs> begins and i have a lot of times in yeah. season four where i did think like we're in supernatural now like this is supernatural now especially i think because of the introduction mm-hmm. of gas because you know i'm very very i love gas so much that like 
to me, a lot of Supernatural is just Castiel. And so like now that he's here, it's like, oh my god, we're actually watching Supernatural now. But yeah, you're right. Like It is a completely different vibe from season one, two, and three. I feel like, because your main takeaway from Supernatural is that it's about free will and like the main characters are team free will by the end but like that's only possible because there's a heaven and like because heaven like introduces the idea of fate in a way that the demons in hell just like does not so yeah yeah no this is like when supernatural becomes supernatural do you think it was like Mm -hmm. a bummer for people who liked it before though Oh, I'm like, sure the show it's a has completely for some changed, like, what its point is. I mean, there's, like, a lot of reviews, right, that we read where it's like, mm. oh, the angel demon, blah, blah, blah. It's so yeah, annoying. like, can't wait so. until this is over and we get back to <laughs> yeah. Supernatural. And it's never like, going to be oh, buddy. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about your cast girl, Dean girl, Sam girl alignment, Monica. Yeah. My cast girl, Dean girl, Sam girl alignment. Like alignment. which which of those like, is your which favorite? one's your fave? Um, I would have to say like I was a Sam girl for a long time. Like when I was younger, I yeah. Sam. Good, but now I'm like a strong cast girl because they just good. kept playing in my guy's face. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. But do you or do you not have strong feelings? Regarding D and, and both the positive and the negative. I don't really have any strong feelings towards Dean because everybody already likes Dean. So it's like, okay, yeah. he's cool. He's got it. You know, I like, I kind of put him to the side. And it's not like I don't like Dean at all. It's just kind of like, mm, I mean, he's okay. Yeah. Like he's there. He's the, he's like the favorite. He's like the number one draft pick, so to speak. So he doesn't need yeah. my love. The writers are obsessed with him. This and is yes. correct about everything. I it's feel like weird season... that they're so obsessed with him, and then yeah. Yeah. never mind. Let me not. Let me not. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm curious. We are completely fine with this. We discussion. hate Dean. We hate Dean so much. <laughs> no, I love Dean. No, I didn't say I hate. Okay, Dean. I hate I Dean. I hate Dean, and I think that being neutral <laughs> wow. about Dean is a very good, brave decision to yeah. make. In this podcast, like I am the Dean lover, but like mm-hmm. just because Crystal just doesn't like him so much and so i've just been oh. trust up on this position <laughs> like because crystal doesn't like him but yeah, yeah go on i was just saying like it's ironic that the writers loved him so much and that like yeah he got so many like good stories and like interesting plot lines throughout mm. the seasons just for them to kill him with a nail like what yeah. is that yeah. What is they that? I would funny. actually fight the writers. I would actually yeah. no. It's not even funny. Like I played this character for fifteen years. I would actually like we would start boxing. Like screw what Eric Kripke <laughs> says. Everybody's getting these hands. Okay. Was he even involved by the end? Where was Where was Eric Kripke at the end of Supernatural? I don't think he was particularly involved. He but Jensen was... Ackles apparently called him. Right? Oh yeah, to he be called like, him. He was me. like, "This is a really difficult yeah. like thing for me to yeah. hear about my character." And Eric, Kripke yeah, and was Eric just was like, like go "Just for go it. for it, it's man." Fine. Yeah, like could Jensen Ackles have gotten them to rewrite it? Like, what did he think was gonna happen? He could have, he could have, but he didn't care because he was developing the boys. So. Yeah. Mm. I I felt very much like you when the show ended. Like I think mm-hmm. around twenty twenty one, I was very like 
upset with the show. And even when we were starting this podcast, which was like early 2022, I was kind of like afraid of how we're going to do season 15 even though it's like years from now because i'm like it's mm. still like a very sore and bitter topic for me i think nowadays i have like just mellowed out but only because i am re-watching supernatural from the beginning so like yeah. my mindset is still here it's still not in okay. season 15 sometimes i would think about it and still be like ah, what what were they doing <laughs> but yeah I think maybe that feeling for me will resurface, maybe or maybe not, when we get to the later seasons of the show in the podcast. I'm gonna have to yeah. take Dean Girl sensitivity training so I don't laugh throughout his death the whole time. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Crystal is such a hater. Specifically, I want to watch to ask you about like your rewatch of season four. Did you rewatch it? Uh, recently, do you have any new thoughts on the matter? Any surprises that got to you? Um, yeah. Upon my rewatch, I was just like, oh my gosh, I was kind of taken aback by the nostalgia of it all, and I was taken aback by just how terrible quality it was. First of all, because <laughs> I'm watching this on Netflix, and I at some points I was watching it on my like TV. I'm like, damn, this is actually like. This feels like 2000 all over again, but um, I loved rewatching it. Um, I feel like every single time I've rewatched Supernatural, there are little things that I pick up on, and little things that I see. Um, I do want to say I liked the original Meg that they had, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. played by Nikki Acock. She was blonde. I mm-hmm. liked her, but I'm not gonna lie. Like the brunette Meg does, like hold a special place in my heart. But yeah. I remember just like there were those little things that I noticed, and then um, Ruby, of course, yeah. being like, "Oh my gosh, that's Sam's wife!" It's like seeing her, and I was like, "This is a weird, kinky, kinky foreplay of her <laughs> just like being the, yeah, like uh, almost uh, an uh, abuser, and then them dating." Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly an experience. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was weird. It was interesting, but it was definitely weird, and. Um, What else? Yellow fever, of course, is my favorite. Um, made me laugh so hard. And also, Eye of the Tiger. When he's doing the Eye of the Tiger like um, performance on the car, yeah, that's my favorite part. I love it so much. I started like laughing so hard. There, I actually started laughing a lot during these episodes. And that's the one thing that I feel like New Supernatural yeah. missed that Old Supernatural did beautifully was that the show was just funny. You know, like really, it, it's, yes. It's funny. Like, there's some know. like. I think ha- I think new supernatural is less supernatural funny. Has turned more sitcomish, like as the seasons progressed. Mm. I think the future supernaturals are funny, but I mean, again, I've, I'm at I my feel like season four mindset hard to right be now. Funny though. Oh yeah. yeah, you're right. Mm. Like it's trying to be comedic on purpose instead of yes. whatever it is they're doing here. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. In season four, it's like these are two idiots that are dealing with like demons and angels. They are prepared for the apocalypse. This is what they've been waiting for 
since the beginning of creation this is something they've been hoping for this is something they've been like like longing for like to have a war on earth like they don't even care that these two idiots are here and these two idiots have only been born like a speck of time in comparison to like the centuries that these demons and angels have been alive just have to deal with these two and they're just trying to like you know get this started you know what i mean yeah so yeah it's it's fun to watch um it's also fun to see like all the writers who have been on the show for so long flex these muscles and it's crazy because like a lot of the episodes are really good and i was just like how is it that y'all wrote season four and put together like this work of art like this storyline and you gave us like season seven like how did that happen yeah how do we where do we lose the plot i mean i think um the thing is as you said like they do there are episodes in this season that are like wow that's like really good but there are also times where it's like oh i understand how this show turned into whatever it becomes in the future because like it's the same writers and i think both the like you know the stuff that they're good at talking about and also their pitfalls like both like individual writers and the show i think you can see it in season four um yeah i think honestly like um the reason why season four feels so good is because the tail end is just excellent Mm -hmm. i really do think that like i think the the first few episodes honestly were just i was not impressed i mean last rising was good and four yeah. three was good. Four two, yeah. eh. and then I feel like I the rest of them were. I mean, okay, Metamorphosis had its thing. I think it was like the middle of season four where it was just regular case episodes that yeah. like none that of them a bit were of a particularly yeah. impressive. But I think that the beginning and the end are both yeah very good. Yeah, and that's why you like it's easier to remember it fondly. Yellow Fever is an interesting pick because I watched that episode. Like, me and Crystal, we did, like, it was entertaining. Like, it was yeah, fun. I love It's just that, yeah, you think about the implication of what they did to that ghost, and it's like, what is this? Like, even, <laughs> like, the thing about Supernatural is you would have, like, an, a fun episode that is beloved by the fandom, beloved by, like, you know, both viewers were really into it and casual viewers are like, and then you watch it and you, it is fun it is fun it's just that there will always be something there that you're like what is that <laughs> what were they doing and for <laughs> yellow fever for me it was like the way they resolve the actual ghost situation yeah they're like mm-hmm. this man was murdered so horribly because of like his like ableist or whatever community and the way to get rid of him as a ghost is to, like, kill him again in the exact same horrible way. Yeah. I remember I was watching season four, and there are a lot of episodes that I realize serve as kind of, um, I don't know how else, I don't know how else to describe them, but, like, branches. Because a lot of times, if a show feels like they're about to get canceled, or they feel yeah. like they mean mm-hmm. you know, they may not be renewed, they'll introduce new things in the season, and they'll stay on like the plot line. So like this season four stays with like the apocalypse, keeping Lucifer from like breaking the levy and like, you know, getting out. But it also introduces a lot of other things. You know, first of all, it introduces Carver Edland, 
yeah. who is writing the, the supernatural books. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Adam. You know, they're introducing their half-brother yeah. that they yeah. didn't know about. You know, there are a lot of things that are introduced here. Like, I think also... Ghost Facers? Yeah. Is that season four? They were, they were brought three? back in the... They it's a terrible life. It's a terrible life, but... But that's more okay. of like a... Yeah, they planted that seed before, and this is like it growing now. Is with Ghost Facer. Yeah. But you're right. Like, they do plant seeds in this season. Because they're just like, you know, the apocalypse storyline is great, but, you know, guys, if you want to continue the show, we have other things that we can jump back to, you know, yeah. in case you want to keep us going. Yeah. I mean, I do frequently wonder, like, when they decided that season five was not going to be the end. Like, was it here? Like, when they were doing season four, were they already, like... And we're going to have a season six and seven. Or was that more of a, after they finished season five, they got renewed again? I, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in Superna- into Supernatural at the time. So I, I have no gauge whatsoever on what the yeah. on the show climate was at the time. But, like, but it is interesting to think about. Because me and is. Crystal were, yeah, we're also discussing the other episode, like, what is supernatural about like what are they trying to say mm-hmm. and because if you just look at supernatural at the original quote unquote original run of one to five it's it's saying a completely different thing than what it ends up saying in the full show at the 15 seasons so yeah like supernatural when did you know like what were they doing and how did they deal with the continuance of the show it's it's interesting so yeah, um, uh, Crystal, yes. you, I mean, you have talked a little bit, but what, what's your season four general feelings now that we have gone through the entire thing? Um, I, I don't know, like, uh, there's just not that many feelings that exist. Yeah. Like, I liked when the levee breaks a lot, but like... You know, in our, our 422 recording, I said that I didn't feel particularly impressed because I already knew everything. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this is the season where, like, I probably have, like, the most, the most fandom knowledge. knowledge on, like, yeah. like play by play what all the major plot points are. So, like, nothing was really surprising to me. Whereas, like, yeah. in season seven, I have no clue how they're going to defeat Dick Roman or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Yeah. So I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it did affect how you are because, like, I feel like in season one, two, and three, whenever big, like, especially emotional stuff happens, you do yeah. react to it in a, I did not expect that to happen here way. In season right. four, I think, especially with um, Sam's plot in season four, I think mm-hmm. you knew more than me what was happening, like, what was right. going to happen. So. Yeah, it is a different true. vibe for you this season. Um, you, yeah, do you think? Do you really think it's like you know, like not particularly more than the sum of its parts? Like what's happening this season? Um, I think the aesthetic of it is nice. Like I like the lighting. I think all the things that they did with the angels is very yeah. cool. I liked, you know, Uriel and Zachariah, and obviously Cass, and also Anna. So like good concepts were introduced and they looked good while they were doing it but i don't i don't know if i really felt like a strong emotional connection to the characters of the plotline 
Especially because I think season one, it's like, like, we're like in our 20s and we're looking for our dad and we're scared. It's like, okay, like, I know what that is. That's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, and you know, like later it's like, uh, Sam has his special, the, the psychic children arc, which I mean, I think is like personal enough to him that I could also feel that. And then it's, you know, Dean is gonna go to hell and die because of the deal he made and he doesn't want to die. Like, okay, I get that too. Now it's like, there's like the literal apocalypse, but like, you're just stuck with like, these two guys who are kind of both annoying. Like, why don't (laughs) I want the world to end? (laughs) No, I mean, this is like what Monica was saying, like. For some people, it would be incredibly appealing that the stakes are higher, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You just, I think, like, you think you fall yeah. on the other side of that equation? Yeah, like, I you're think, like, oh, I want it well, to be more personal. Right. I think, first off, it's we start with Dean having supposedly been in hell for 40 years, but still, like, yeah. knowing how to make burgers and shit. You know what I mean? So, like, we start off with, like, this giant thing happened that's, like, beyond imagining for a lot of people, but, like we aren't able to fully encapsulate what that does to someone at all. Like, Dean's basically the same, except occasionally Mm -hmm. has, like, a flashback. So it's like, you've already set up that there's, like, this big stake that you weren't able to follow through with properly, and now with the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like... Like, they just keep saying that the world's gonna end, they keep saying the word apocalypse, but what does that actually mean to them? Mm -hmm. Like... When they're on their regular hunts in the middle of the season, and they're talking to, like, regular people who don't know about hunting, I don't think it's on their minds that, like, these are the people that are gonna be gone when the world ends, because they also, like, don't really bother making any of the people they save yeah. particularly, like, likable or 3D. So, I don't know. I think it was it was harder for me to care because the problem of the season felt so abstract. I do want to mm-hmm. say, um, just to, like, jump on what Crystal was saying, like, it's always interesting when shows that have, like, otherworldly elements, their um, protagonists essentially have to deal with something very mm-hmm. traumatic and terrible, and they yeah. don't go to therapy. Like, they don't do anything <laughs> yeah. to, like, resolve yeah. what's going on in their minds, because having to, like, take the time to, like, work out your issues and do like any self-work or like trying to work through your trauma is kind of in in, it like it's inhibiting to the plot really like it takes away from the time you can spend like doing the mystery like if you really wanted to get better you would like absolutely stop hunting and like you know take some time away but that also take him away from his family so there's this um sense of yeah purpose there's this sense of, like, I have to do this. Like, there, I have no other choice. You know, you ask, like, what is the purpose of, like, the apocalypse? Like, what is it? It feels so abstract. And really, like, I feel like Sam and Dean have been dealing with, like, quote-unquote apocalypses for, like, mm-hmm. most of their life. And they like, find their dad. Find the person that killed their mom. You know? And now they're introducing, like, demons and angels. It's like, this is above yeah. my pay grade. And it's just something that, like, they have no other choice but to take part in this. Because it's completely right. out of their hands, and it's something that's like thrust yeah. Yeah. upon them. So it's like you know the never-ending, like self-impending doom of their quote-unquote profession. Yeah, you know? right. Also, like Dean gets out of hell, and like the day of, like Castiel is like, "Hey, it's me. Literal God needs you to keep hunting." 
Like, I guess we don't yeah. know what would have mm-hmm. happened if he didn't meet Cass, like, right away. Yeah. I suppose Sam was still hunting Lilith because she was still around. She still had her demon war that she was trying to do. So, like, I don't think that Dean would have taken a break. But, yeah, I think it's the fact that they chose this job. They keep getting thrust into these situations. Yeah. They keep being in survival mode so they can't. Mm-hmm go to therapy or take a break or whatever and because they won't fucking tell anybody because like hunting is such an insular community and like no one wants to tell anybody anybody else else. like the civilians about like ghosts or shit like it's like it like they are stuck on like it has to be me who does this like i don't know like like institution most like governmental institutions or whatever like suck ass but like at least it means that, like, there'd be, like, more than, like, ten people in the U.S. working on the apocalypse. Yeah, I, I, it, it also does just, I think a part of it is just that this is, like, a episodic TV show. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, like, Supernatural, I mean, much like anything, really is a product of, like, its type and its format. I feel like if maybe Supernatural was some more prestige tv show or whatever they would feel um more allowance in terms of developing that character in that way or like dealing with that traumas that the character experiences in that way but because Mm -hmm. like you do have to keep the same vibe with every episode pretty much it's like Mm -hmm. that's really what cements dean here also Oh my god, I completely forgot that the first episode of season four literally ends with we have work for you. Yeah. Like, and that's like mm-hmm. what the rest of the season is about. Pretty yeah. much for Dean. It's yeah. like the angels have work for you. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. I mean season Cass four. Cass said ends that with- sentence and everything. <laughs> yeah. No, but like season four ends with Dean in that room because the angels have work for him and like yeah Yeah. it is just they are very much just bonds being pushed around although I would say the that is a big part of why season five works like season four and season five are a pair Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't really extricate them from one another the way you can season one two and three from each other yeah. So we talk about yeah, how like they're yeah. going to be vessels for Michael and Lucifer like every episode during season four, even though like they don't know that it's yet. not mentioned yet. Yeah. And also like, you know, like the whole point of Sam and Dean being like they're just small, small parts in this huge, huge machine. And then, you know, by the end of season yeah. five, it's like, no, these are the parts. These small parts are like what makes the thing. And so Sam and Dean can still make a difference. Just like those little toy soldiers in the car. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I I quite I really like that episode, unfortunately. So it does make me emotional every is time I think about it. I thought a lot of people like I think Swan Is Swan. it fortunate? Well, okay. I, I like that I think episode. It's a, it's a neutral condition to have. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, um uh let's do character arcs. So what do you guys think of like the character arcs this season. Okay, well, I guess first we have to like figure out what the character arcs are. Who are we yeah. starting okay. with? Where do we start with Sam? Well, hunting with Ruby. 
Yeah, Sam starts hunting Lilith yeah. with Ruby as a revenge yeah. thing because she caused Dean's death and also because she's trying to, like, have the demon war on Earth that they were yeah. supposedly fighting in season three, but that I forget about constantly. Yeah, um, and I mean, season three ends with Sam being like, okay, Ruby, what is it now? Like, you said I can do something. What is it? Like, in the last minute. And Ruby was like, it's too late. Dean is still going to hell. Mm -hmm. So I think that does inform a lot of what Sam is doing. Like, he can't give himself the ability to, or the opportunity to think of, like, to think it through, quote-unquote. Because, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, he thought that one true, and now Dean is in hell kind of situation. Yeah, or it was, like, he basically already committed to, like, doing whatever it is that Ruby said would give him powers, like, in the last minutes before Dean's death, and it was too late, but, like, it's not too late to get revenge on Lilith, so, okay, hand over that demon blood sippy cup. Yeah. Okay, where does he end this season? Not sippy cup. (laughs) Sippy cup. Exactly. Where does he end this season? Well... Okay, I so mean, he ends up miserable. But I mean, he also yeah, ends I mean, season Dean four miserable. Back, season five which, miserable. Did we have we really discussed what it means that Dean comes back like to him? To Sam? Yeah, to I Sam. don't know. What is there to discuss? What what are your thoughts on it? I mean, obviously it was an unexpected thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, very unexpected. He'd already committed himself to being like this, like revenge driven just like completely like lost in the killing Lilith sauce because of Dean's death thing so like like this sort of throws a wrench into like the narrative of his life that he's Mm -hmm. decided right but like he does Mm -hmm. continue like drinking demon blood he does continue pursuing Lilith but you know as now the main issue is that Dean is also here (laughs) is like hey like I'm back like what is this revenge thing for now? Um, yeah. I think we're supposed to think that at this point, like, he just, like, is addicted to demon blood to the point where, like, the revenge is not even, is not the primary reason, like, already in 401? Or at what point do we think, like, he, like, made that switch? I don't know. I mean, he does stop in metamorphosis, right? Like, that's a big deal. That's true. He does stop in metamorphosis. Does he not start up again until Chris Chris Angel? Angel. Okay. Yeah, so he he wasn't, like, that set on the, yeah, demon blood thing until after Chris Angel. So, like, he had an eight-episode interim. So. Yeah. And then, like, we do we think his whole, like... And we think his whole, like, arrogance, like, I can do this better than Dean can thing starts after 412. It's interesting Mm because I think, like, after Dean leaves, he's kind of, like, trying to become his own man. Right. Almost. So it's a little weird because, like, the Sammy that, like, we know from previous seasons would have try to find a way to get his brother out of hell or would have tried to like break like go to hell himself and then break him out from yeah. there or he would have been mourning or sad and instead he decides to become he does say like, that he tried those things like we see him like yeah. try to make he a demon deal that. well we we see footage of him trying to make a demon deal in the flashbacks yeah. of 409 yeah 
Um, he yeah. tells Dean also that he literally tried to reopen like the gate to hell that was open yeah. in season two. <laughs> I guess yeah. we don't so know if he actually did that, but like pretty whacked yeah. up thing to like make up if you didn't actually do it. Like that's not something I would be proud of telling someone I did. I mean, I think like fundamentally what what happened to Sam was like Dean leaving did change him. Like mm-hmm. we we yeah. enter season four, Sam is different, even more yeah. different he than installed Dean, an I would iPod say. Jack and the Impala and everything. <laughs> yeah, like he is even more different than Dean, I think. Uh, yeah, even and though you Dean know, was like, literally torturing people for ten years and tortured for thirty years. <laughs> exactly, but like you know, like how Sam kept on insisting throughout the half the tail end of the season that like Sam uh, Dean is different and like yeah he came back he can't do it because he's weak and something changed him in hell but really it's like Sam changed different yeah yeah Sam is different the same Dean is the same it's just Sam has changed so much that in comparison to Dean he thinks one of them changed and it's Dean when it's him really well I mean as I said I think season four and five are paired together so mm-hmm. like this specific arc of sam is not yet done i think uh-huh. it ends in season five so yeah. it ends when he decides yeah. that he can like defeat lucifer in his brain <laughs> yeah so i feel like for sam it is a continuing arc we need to talk right. about dean <laughs> Wait, why there, did I say it wait, like that? There's nothing else that we have him. to say about Sam, Sam oh, Winchester. Okay. Well, what else do you want to say, Crystal? Um, I don't like. I this is the second season of his relationship with Ruby. Like, there's there's got to be something there. I don't, I don't know. Is there? I, because between the two of us, you are the Sam and Ruby person. That's true. I feel like Sam Ruby's larger in my head than it is in the show. Like, I feel like the show itself doesn't really... Reckon with it ...do much. much with, like... Yes. Yeah, like, they don't, like, really, like, give it, like, the depth or the seriousness of, like, an abusive relationship depiction, like... But they also, like, don't really... They just don't... There's not really a lot of feelings in the yeah. show between them there's it's there ruby it's very, is like they're both more memes blood. to each other's end yeah yeah i mean i think season three ruby has more like emotional whatever whatever than season four which is very right. surprising thing to say yeah. but also i mean i just like season three of ruby a lot more so that's why probably mm, she is me. a better actor <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I okay, mean, Monica, do you do you have what are you your feelings on Sam? Genevieve Padalecki is a is a like a good actor, like because I feel like a lot of people as Ruby on as Ruby specifically thought that she was like <laughs> quite wooden. I feel like Grant, I felt that way too. But also, like she yeah. is a beloved character, like in her brunette Ruby iteration. So I'm curious about what mm. if there's like other opinions what are on your her types? acting. Yeah, I feel like she is very good. Um, to be perfectly honest, I liked her in season four, and she really brought 
like something interesting to the show. She reminds me a lot of like Bella, except Bella was like kind of sassy and snarky yeah. and she was fun. Yes. And I like that about her because she gives like anti-hero. So you want to root for her. But Ruby is very clearly like she's a demon. She's a bad person. And we know that she's bad. And Sam knows that she's bad, but he can't like get away from her. And it just kind of falls in line that this is an abusive relationship. It's not like, I don't know if the writers intentionally meant to write it because a lot of the things, cause like there could be a, if the writers meant to intentionally depict an yeah. abusive relationship, I feel like they should have intentionally depicted like Sam talking about like bringing up more, like when people are addicted to stuff in TV shows, they always say like, Oh, I can stop at any time. Or they'll say things like, Oh, it's like, it's okay. I'm better with it. I know how to manage it. I know how to take care of it, which he does. He's like, you know, the blood I'm saving people. Yeah. We don't have to kill the people. Like we can all have it. Like we can like still save like the people inside and blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's weird. Cause even though he says that he's still like, you know, kind of destroying his body in order to do it and it's just like this strange like give and take that's going on and i feel like in season four we're seeing sam who's like super nice very helpful down-to-earth guy who is willing to work with a demon and eventually falls in love with a demon and he knows she's a demon there's no good in her well i mean even the opinion that sam is in love with ruby is not like yeah, universally it's not really held. I don't even know if I believe that. Can you? Can you in speak the text more? of the show? No. Yeah, I don't think he's in love with her. I think that because she makes him feel powerful, as she's like giving him kind of like I don't know, like a big head. She's like, <laughs> yeah, you got this. Like he there's a reliance somehow on has that. like yeah. There's a reliance on it, and also like she's hot That's true. and she's there. So if a guy, if you make a guy feel good enough for a long enough time, you're always around and you just happen to be hot, he's just going to want to like get in your pants, you know? So it's not that he's, he's attracted to her. This if he's true. in love with her, I doubt it. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, she I was the one to pressure him into sex first. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she's that, like using, yeah, something. Like, I think that there she's is an attraction. using him, and we all see it but that him. he did yeah. not want to act on, but then, right, she forced the matter in order to make him more dependent on her. It is, I don't know, mm. the Sam and Ruby stuff is incredibly interesting. I think the Ruby for me is most beloved in season four in the episodes with Anna, because mm. I feel yeah. like those are the ones that really. Like, at least at that point of the story, cement her as, like, she's on our side or whatever. Right. And yeah. Like, even an yeah. angel, like, says Ruby's different from the others. She's nice. She saved me. Yeah. And so, like, I do think that is, like, a good turning point in her character. Although, after that, I just really don't think they do anything much with her. Like, I think yeah. she just becomes, like, a plot person. A person who, to yeah. go, move the plot. And yeah, a real Bobby I don't of a character. <laughs> I do feel, like, a little bit, like, mm, I think that's also a big part of why I, at, by the end of this season, I was like, uh, like, Ruby has a lot of promise, etc. And, like, I think, 
you know, if they brought her back in the show, which they kind of do in season 14 again, but like not really. Very briefly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are interesting avenues to take this character, but alas, they don't. So it's forever yeah. going to be what ifs. Either forgotten a lot about her season three characterization, or they've like decided they've, that you can yeah. just think that she was manipulating them like the whole whole time. But like, right? There's the scene at the end of like Malleus Maleficarum, is it where mm-hmm. she tells Dean like, oh, "I'm helping you because I remember what it's like to be human," and stuff like that. She tells Sam a similar thing like in the four oh nine flashbacks. And, yeah. like, that is an interesting concept, but I guess at the end we're just supposed to think she was lying the whole time and every time, time she was helping them, like, in season three was to lead Sam to There was point, a motive. Which is also, like, fine, like, if there's, like, depth to that. Yeah. Like, if we, like, understood why she cared so much about, like, raising Lucifer again... Or, like, yeah. her feelings about her role in the matter. Like, she gets a little bit of a monologue in 422 about how she's proud of herself for having done this. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I want to know why this is important to her. And I also want to know more about her, like, past as a witch and all that shit. Because they made it such a big reveal in season three. Yeah. And they just sort of drop all those threads with her and have Dean stab her to death. In season three, you said, like, in Malleus Maleficarum... Mm. When she said that she remembered what it felt like to be human, yeah. it was um, interesting because she, like, warned the Winchesters. Um, she tried to warn them of, like, a witch coven, you know, that was being controlled by Atheroth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. her former yeah. I feel like, like, witch, sh- like, teacher person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like she was doing that to gain their trust. Yeah. Almost. You know, she was trying to, like, get them on her side and it's most likely that she had always intended to bring back lucifer and she probably saw something in sam that he hadn't seen in himself yet and she was just like you know what would be more irony than the two brothers that are going around killing like demons witches werewolves to bring lucifer back to earth and start the apocalypse so i feel like she's been playing the long game yeah she also yeah had some kind of partnership with the zazel didn't she where she said that he passed on the information to her about how sam had been specially selected to like play honestly a like all of that is so murky like the azazel yeah. Ruby, yeah, like it's Lilith, just yeah. dropped Lucifer in this connection is so murky. At the end of season yeah. four that is yeah. not clear. Like I don't know. I would love to see some flashbacks of her and like Azazel like eating fries together and him being like, okay, and then you should probably do this, and then yeah. like tell Sam to drink from your veins, and she's like, yes, that would be so fun and silly. All right, writing that down. Yeah. I mean, have you... Is this true? Uh, Monica, have mm. you heard this? Like, there was this, like, thing I read once. I'm not sure if it's true at all. That, like, the reason why Ruby had to be killed at the end of season four is because Jared and mm. um, Genevieve started dating. And so they didn't want to have Sam and Ruby be continue being a thing in the show when the characters... When the people playing them are dating. 
Have you heard this? Have you ever heard this? I did see that rumor on Tumblr. Yeah. And the thing with Supernatural is that they were one of those shows that would start airing while the show is filming right. because the show is so yeah. long. Yeah. It was impossible for them to like film all the shows in like the full season and then air it. Yeah. So that could be the case. But I think what really happened was that Ruby was meant to be a one season character the same way like Lilith has been. Because like yeah. you could bring in like, a single a character, period, but if yeah. she's a. Yeah, if she's not on the Winchester side, if she's not a good person, then she's going to die. You know what? She is a good person. She may die. So yeah. it's possible that, like, Ruby was always intending for Sam to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And him feeling guilty that he couldn't take down Lilith and his brother still went to jail. She went to hell. She was like, oh, yeah, I got him right where I want him. And then, you know, he was like... Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to raise Lucifer. And, like, they knew. They had, the writers had to know, like, if Ruby is going to raise Lucifer, then she's going to die this yeah. season. So it just, that is probably it was what also. it was. And I feel like, mm. yeah, and I think them dating just kind of happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have been talking about the father, like, he's so much in this episode. But I think, honestly, like, that kind of, like, something happened outside factors that contributed to the character dying or whatever it's more applicable to anna really than oh absolutely uh, god yeah. poor anna right monica like you've heard that like so anna was sort of meant to stay on like as the cast character the cast of the show the yeah. audience all liked cast so much more that they just like diminished anna's role and then kill her in season five. Oh. Yeah, like, Cass was supposed to die in season four. Yeah. Oh. And then got brought back in season five. It is yeah. it is fascinating so, how they do... I don't know. I like, feel it because of how, like, right, like, Grey, like, both of us said that Anna, like, shows up in 420 and 421. 21. And, like, yeah. she's, like, like... She's like, her- she doesn't contribute yeah. anything to either of those episodes. She's just there to like drop information that like they already knew. And I think it's yeah. because the actress was like contracted to be on more episodes. Oh yeah. And then like eventually when they were like actually we want Castiel for this kind of a role, then like she like still had to film Got those episodes. So they didn't have anything to give her to do or whatever. So, yeah, they just, they they flattened her out. That is interesting what you pointed out, Monica, that, like, Supernatural is a show that is writing while still air, while airing, like. Right, yeah. I think. Which uh-huh. is why things, like, cast getting Are brought still back filming. in season seven, yeah. and what, like, because, like, the audience was, like, not enjoying that he was gone for so long. That's why something like yeah. that could have happened. It, that, that format basically gave us cast back in mm. season seven yeah well is that is, is that all good for sam <laughs> sure <laughs> okay let's talk about dean oh, let's talk I about am, dean okay i am curious about how sam's guilt over raising lucifer is gonna affect him in season five okay that's my last no, that's my season say. five <laughs> okay yeah uh-huh what is the dean situation i don't know he existed know. and was annoying I, you guys can talk about him <laughs> Because, like, when Dean is endearing, he is endearing. And when he is annoying, he is so annoying. And in season four, I feel mm. like he is a lot more annoying than he is endearing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like this season, especially because we did a break to watch Good Omens for three months. <laughs> But during that time, I was thinking about Dean a lot. I was like reminiscing on season one, Dean, etc. I was like, I, I, I just had this like extreme fondness for him. And then we went back to the show to Supernatural, and it was like, oh, this is not like. The Dean that I like, like season four. I mean, because Sam and Dean, like I said, like they have to maintain like a status quo, but also they do, in fact, actually change. Also, it's just incredibly like gradual and sometimes not intentional. I feel like like it's the external forces that cause that instead of like them as characters. But like I feel like Dean is like. Season one and two, Dean, extremely endearing, and then it like dips down very, very low for a while, and then it rises back up until you know season fifteen. So, like, I feel like right now, me and Dean, we're not good. We're we're having yeah, our divorce on the outs. era. Yeah, he's sleeping on the couch, etc. So, mm. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I mean, Monica. What do you, do you think of season four, Dean? Like season four specifically. I feel like season four, Dean, is the beginning of like grouchy Dean. Yes. You know, like grumbly Dean. You know, he's just so. He, he's like, not. I don't know how to say this. Like pent up. Yes. You know, he doesn't talk about his feelings. Doesn't open up really. Like, he went to hell. Yeah. Like he literally went through like suffering like the worst kind of suffering possible and it's because the show won't allow yeah. them to talk about it it's kind of like like he was about to like become a demon like that was his like biggest fear and now here he is on earth he's back to hunting again and like the season prior he knew that he was gonna die in a year so he was almost like reckless yeah. and almost like suicidal in a way but he was just kind of like in his head like oh i can't die before i'm supposed to so like if i do something really stupid on this hunt it's gonna be fine because like i'm not gonna die you know not this time around and now that like dean's been to hell it's kind of like well how does he feel what's going on with him that he's gone through something that traumatic like how does he view hunting now like it has his things has things changed for him yeah because i try to think about it like a soldier coming back from war You know, so when soldiers come back from war, they're either, like, heartbroken and, like, you know, kind of, like, down and sad and they either hate their country or they come back and they're just, like, even more of, like, a red-blooded American. And I seem like Dean is, like, the second one, but he still feels like... He feels more you know, attached why to hunting, do I have to go? Think? Yeah, he feels more attached to hunting, you know, because... Um, It's just what he knows. Like, there's nothing else he can't do, really. I think, honestly, it, like, But, this, what you said brought up something interesting in me, which is, like, like, is he afraid to die now? Is there more of a survival instinct? Because, like, right. he knows, he what knows where he's going. Like. Yeah? I don't, I've, that is an interesting thought. I think, um... I don't know. Like, you're right. Season four is the beginning of this theme. Which is why, like, as I said, a lot of my reminiscing was, like, season one to three. So, I mean, to be fair, Sam also is, like, this is the beginning of Sam being something else. Like, the his, like, attitude 
towards the later half of the show is uh, mm-hmm. very much informed by all of the experiences of this season. So the difference is with Dean, we don't see it happen on screen. Like the thing that changes him, we don't see it happen necessarily on screen. While, you know, the entire season is dedicated to what happens to Sam. So, yeah, yeah that's true. And it's ironic too, because Dean literally finds out that he's like, chosen by god and i feel like this hurt sam even yeah. more because he out of the brothers was like the one openly really a believer of god yeah. and he's tried to be a good person but because like he starts drinking demon blood he's somehow seen as like defective yeah and i would have to say that's a little like i don't want to say it's harsh but it's like damn he was the he was the one who's actually who actually like believes yeah. Yeah. And the big guy upstairs. And, like, Dean literally couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Like, he does not want to do this. And it's just, like, the angel's just, like, we don't care. Like, he asked for you specifically. So, like. Yeah. Yeah. You had to get the program. Right. In terms of, yeah. like, Dean never talking about his feelings, I think the two moments that I recall are in Monster Movie, he's talking yeah. to Jamie about. To that girl, Yeah. Yeah, about how, like, mm-hmm. he went through a near-death experience and he's back now, and sort of... He wants to make it worth it. Yeah, he wants to make it worth it, and he wants to help people through hunting. So I think you're right that he's rededicated to hunting after this. And then yeah. in 4.15, he's talking to Tessa. Dean can only open up to, like, to one-off, yeah. like, love interest women. <laughs> like, wild. Okay. he opens up to Sam, I feel like it's a completely different vibe. It's like, yes. Um, I don't know. It was like this is what happened to me. Yeah, and, and then they both I wish sit it did it. it, which is like yeah. a different thing than like this is how it changed me, which is his conversation with Tessa and Jamie. Yeah. So Tessa, he's he says something else about you know second chance, and then he says specifically yeah. that like he like it's not that he feels honored I, he but, like, said there's there a way that, like, he to, like, wished he just died in season yeah. two already but like because he didn't he just has to keep on going because yeah this is the situation now and he says that the idea that like heaven saw something good in him despite all the torture he did in hell like matters to him and that he does want to like he does care about like the work that's been given to him because yeah like he was brought back by heaven who like some somehow like forgave him for the torture in some way yeah. but like that's all just like, really right. yeah before he finds out like i guess okay in season five i'm assuming he's gonna be processing the fact that the thing he was telling himself that like this is why i'm back and so that means it's good that i'm back like the fact that that's a lie he'll probably be processing that in season five i'm assuming maybe maybe not who knows <laughs> yeah they don't really process in supernatural <laughs> no, exactly i think you know one of the most fascinating um episode sequence choices they made was putting the tessa episode right before on the head of a pin because you know like dean in the in that episode was like oh i'm here for a reason because god is like you know yeah. like i was saved from the torture and the torturing because god had worked for me and then, yeah. like, on the head of the pain, it's like, oh, actually, the we work have work, is and the work is do more torture. <laughs> yeah. Which must have sucked so hard. 
It's true. But, he yeah. viewed being saved as like a redemption from the torture. So the fact that it's like, maybe we saved you because we like that you did torture and we want you to do more torture is not yeah. a good feeling. Yeah. Do we have anything more to say about Dean? I, well, I'm gone. there's his I relationship like- with Sam that like sours immensely this season okay of course <laughs> i mean <laughs> back I to sam baby <laughs> no but yeah no I don't know. Uh, you know what i was gonna say i was gonna say well his relationship with cast we can talk about in the cast of art <laughs> well we literally no. can um i mean well we with can. the sam and dean what's the situation i don't know they're they're you know it's terrible right now and mostly yeah. because of dean yeah, I agree with that one. I know some people would not, but I think it's all Dean's fault, mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, it's bad right away. Like, he fucking punches Sam in Metamorphosis. Like, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I think maybe there is also the fear that, like, you know, Dean was afraid of becoming a demon. And, mm-hmm. it, like, as Monica said, it was, like, his biggest fear. Like, Ruby told him, like, I'm a demon because I was human and then I sorted in hell and cetera. And he yeah. was afraid that was going to happen to him. And now Sam is here drinking demon blood, foreseeably maybe turning into a demon. So, yeah, I, don't I, mean, know. I think that's probably part a, of it. But part I don't, of it. They just yeah. seem to have completely forgotten about Everything. that like after 416 <laughs> like the writers like we have like dean's whole like in 421 he's like i'm gonna continue heroically enacting medical abuse on my brother because i draw the line at him turning into a monster and at no point like you'd think the fact that like he did torture and like he's ashamed of doing torture and that's like related to demonness would come up like if he had just like does. one line about how like I fucking wish someone, like, went down in hell and, like, chained me up in a room so that I couldn't torture people anymore or some random bullshit like that. Like, I feel like that would have brought together his, like... His arc, arc yeah. A lot better than, like, whatever the fuck he was doing in 421. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we talk about cast now? <laughs> oh, sure, Yeah. Yeah. So, what are our thoughts on Cass? I mean, this is his beginning, so... Mm-hmm. And he's new. He's new. I mean, Cass's arc is actually very clearly delineated. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's very clear, like, what they're trying to do when they were doing it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's less, like, room to waver, because he's new. This is, like, yeah. the first time we're meeting him. And, like... You know, with Dean, it's like he already was a complex character going into this. Sam, too. And Cass mm-hmm. is like, well, he is, you know, God's angel. And now he is turning into something else. Wow. Yeah. Monica, uh, what are your thoughts on Destiel? What's, what's your situation? Well, in oh, that wait, one? are we there already? No, no, no. I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna be honest, when Cass was first introduced, I was like, I was super excited because upon watching the show from the very beginning, I had to Google, like, when does Castiel, when is he introduced in the show? And then, you know, the Google says, like, season four, and I was like, okay, bet. 
But I think like the previous episodes, of course, previous seasons did a good job of like setting up the show towards the apocalypse. So when Dean's like, you know, crawling out of the field in the grass and he's like crawling his way out of hell, it's like, oh, snap. And I'm like, ooh, Cassio's going to come in at any minute. He comes in the first season. I'm like, hell yeah. And I love season four Cass because he adheres strictly to angelic doctrine yeah like he has like an unwavering commitment to what heaven wants and his interactions to deed are so stoic yes <laughs> like so funny crystal because has Dean a is just a normal it. person crystal has oh, a different he's yes. statue molding like he's yeah. acting like a statue in a lot of his uh stuff with dean and like i do think that is yes. so true yeah i do want to say i'm glad that Cass is stayed i feel like with anna it would have been cool to see her stay but the thing is with like anna she fell into like the born sexy yesterday trope where because they're angels they don't understand like humans and how humans work like life on earth so they only know like the way heaven works and what heaven tells them about earth and the fact that like anna she lived there slept for with 20 Dean, years like, though like she, she was, was yeah, like she was, born into a she human was human. body she had her like past her parents and all that shit so like mm-hmm. i think she she had been living on earth experiencing it fully for Humanness. 20 years i i do we're talking yeah. about the okay go on we're talking we're talking about the redhead right? yeah. yes yeah because anna yeah. Okay. Right, because she chose okay. to fall from heaven, like, and be and then, born. Yeah, as she a was human. born to human parents. And yeah, she yeah, like she had a childhood. Like they talk about her at age two screaming about how she's scared that her dad will kill Gonna her because it's like be killed by her dad. Yeah. Her her Crazy. like god memories coming in or whatever. But I mean, she was only twenty though. Like, like in her mind <laughs> at the point that she sleeps with Dean, yeah. and I think that that's kind of iffy. Yeah. <laughs> That is yeah. also a thing that I felt. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You guys, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I was just I was just gonna say mm-hmm. that like I feel like if Anna stayed on the show, she would have fell into the boring sexy yesterday trope, which is basically when like an alien or like, you know, a girl loses her memory or like they're not from Earth and so they depend on like the first man they've ever met to guide them and then they somehow see this man as also like a love interest so to speak and the only the earliest example i have of it that i've seen so recently is um bella baxter in the movie poor things Mm -hmm. which is the newest movie with emma Emma stone Stone. yeah it kind of falls into that yeah so i'm kind of glad that anna wasn't really included in i was just gonna say like castiel is like very like in enigmat- enigmatic enigmatic yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Ena- yeah. yeah fun word. word as a character <laughs> yeah as a character but i feel like if he was a woman then he would kind of be like Anna. yeah so i think having yeah having two characters that are kind of like not fully there is kind of like that's a little too much one is enough you know i do think i think a more uh direct point of what you're trying to make is like fundamentally because Anna is a woman, they would feel the need to make her a love interest. And that yes. is like, you know, Supernatural is a terrible show who handles their female characters incredibly terribly uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And like, 
because what they did was they were like, okay, we're going to bring Anna in, and she's going to be a type of character, and also she's going to be Dean's love interest. And because the love interest didn't really particularly work, like they didn't have much chemistry, uh, Anna and Dean, uh, they were like, okay, let's just throw away the entire character. And that is incredibly irritating to me because like you're the one who dictated that all of your female characters need to be like a love interest or like a mother figure. You know, like mm. you're the one who made that um, like, category that like you know and it's like you're right that because Cass well is a guy like there is a uh, there is a feeling of he's not gonna fall into the usual tropes of whatever whatever because he's not gonna be treated like a love in the rest it is just uh, annoying because it is like a like, that's Supernatural's fault, <laughs> you know? Like, that's not because of Anna as a character. That's, of course. That's because right. the the show just deals with it so terribly. Like, me yeah. like, me and Crystal, like, whenever Anna shows up, would talk constantly about, like, oh, where could have they taken this character, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, Supernatural would not have... Do we talk about that constantly? Ha- I feel like we haven't talked about it sufficiently. Really? You think so? Well, yeah, like, when we do that, it's like, oh, what would happen to Anna, blah, 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 where could they take this character? But the thing is, Supernatural would just never do it because they have already set their mind on what Anna is supposed to be. And because that doesn't work, it's like, well, she couldn't be anything else. Unlike Cass, who's like, I mean, they will try many things with Cass's character through the years. And it's like, oh, it doesn't work. Well, let's just bring back the blah, blah. Let's just, you know. And so, you know, Supernatural fundamentally is a show that gives its male characters more benefit of the doubt when something doesn't work. And that is a source of gripe for me. Also, like, regarding, like, the love interest thing didn't work out, so they threw her away. Like, the thing is, like, 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 obviously, like, the idea that, like, angels don't experience romantic or sexual attraction is, like, untrue. And also, I think, like kind of like a like a dumb idea to work with but like i feel like there was ground just, for them to just go like angel anna is a new character yeah. and like therefore doesn't feel the way about dean that like human anna did and thus like we don't have to put her in the love interest role anymore and she can like have a new like thing, role yeah. in the story but they threw her away instead like in 420 like she shows up and dean's like hey you're looking good and she just goes not appropriate not the time <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> so like like yeah if the love interest thing didn't work out which it didn't like they had like a perfectly fine avenue to go like well it's no longer an option for either of them okay well now what do we do with this character yeah but yeah, i don't even know how it. Yeah, I mean, like, many people have said this, but, like, the reason why Supernatural does end up becoming, like, gay is because they would only, you know, like, because it's misogynistic. I mean, I don't know. Like, they wouldn't develop any of their female characters. They wouldn't let them stay for long. And so, yeah. like, people I mean, will just... what happened to all the pussy on Supernatural? Exactly. And it's Castiel. 
Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. I had to love interestify him at the end because they were out of other options. Yeah. But he was he was always, I feel like Destiel he was, was always there. Yeah. But, okay, I think, I am, I do wish that, he says, he's expressing doubts in 407 already. And yeah. then, like, they just don't do anything with it for, like, nine episodes. I feel like they do. What what do oh, they do? Okay. Well, never mind. You're right. Four, Nine 16. episodes. Yes. They did yeah. 16 minus 7, baby. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was fine I, with it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it is essential for Cass's character that it is the last episode of this season that he does his turn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that he gets turned around. I also wish he had a better reason to get turned around in 416 than seeing Dean do torture makes me sad because I want to fuck him, but... Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, Yeah, I feel like there's not really much to discuss about Cass yet. Because he talks about his feelings out loud to Dean and Anna, so... There's nothing to really, like, tease out. Like, we we know what he thinks. He's pretty clear-cut. At this point, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm so excited yeah. for Cass next season. They're going to be dream free will, yeah. the three of them. Mm-hmm. I do think it's like great that Cass, who is like a new character in the season, did find it within himself to like question like what's going on in heaven. Yeah. Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And in the last minute, he um, he decides to like help Dean to avert the apocalypse Mm -hmm. because he's influenced by Dean. Yeah. He starts questioning like his divine orders and like under trying to like figure out like like what is free will? Like what would that be like, you know, to defy heaven and help Dean avert the apocalypse. It's this act of rebellion that is very different from like the character that we're introduced to as Castiel and like bringing in a lot of complexity for his character. And it's like the the foundation of who he is and who he's going to be in the next couple of seasons. So we're just starting to see Castiel kind of, like, get out of his shell. He's still, like, you know, very stoic and, like, still very much, like, naive to the way of the world. But he's navigating what it means to, like, have morality and, like, free will and, like, what that looks like for him. And, like, season four is just, like, the beginning for him. Yeah. I wish we did. Yeah. Why he didn't want the world to end, though? Like, I know, it's just, like, world ending equals bad, but, like, okay, like, do we see him care about people, though? Because if there's anything to die for, it's this, (laughs) as Dean said. Okay, He has a bond with Dean. Like, it's literally his bond with Dean. Okay, I don't, I don't, is that it? Like, Dean doesn't want the world to end, so I just won't make the world end? Because well, he was already doubting he, in 407. Of course. There's, you know, he's doubting, he's doubting. But here is a person that he relies on to be right about this thing. And he's saying that this is the right thing to do. And I do think that means something. Like, if you're yeah, on the fence having someone... Why is he Dean to be right about things? Do we see him looking towards Dean hot. as a moral I authority? don't know. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I did hear what you said, but it's not a true statement. So, like, I don't see how that's relevant. Well, I mean, 
I don't know. I feel like... I just, like, okay, like, what? what's the textual backing of him viewing Dean as a moral authority? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, him being able to tell Dean that, um, you know, like, I don't know what's right or wrong here. And then yeah. Dean, in that moment, being like, well, I think this is what was right and this is what was wrong. And mm-hmm. I think in that moment he does internalize that also he always like sets himself parallel to Dean he's always yeah. like yeah um, like do you swear to your like, dad my dad yeah, yeah, you know like he always yeah. does that yeah and so I think he does see himself as like you know a mirror to Dean well okay well why does he think that what does he see of himself and Dean oh, sometimes just the, he just the do. relationship <laughs> I think no, maybe the father relationship. Okay, the father and also relationship. Just, like just a weird admiration. Like he went to hell, battled mm-hmm. his way through hell to save yeah. this guy. So like there yeah, is going to be orders. an aspect of there is something with this guy that is special that I did all that to get to him. But okay, it, it's because he was under orders though. So it's like heaven thinks there's something special about this guy. Like. But, like, there are ways to go with, like, rejecting heaven that involve, like, well, if heaven thinks he's special and I don't trust heaven anymore, like, why should I trust him? Like, there are different directions you can go with that. Like, why did the direction that Cass chose, why did he choose that one? I think it's just at some point he had a profound bond with Dean. Like, (laughs) Dean, no, I mean, like, you know, if it was anything... I would give anything not to have you do this in 416. Mm -hmm. Like, that's sincere. And it's like, at that point, Dean has ceased being an instrument of heaven. And more of like, a person that Cass is like, has a personal connection with. Yeah, like, at the beginning of the season, like, you wouldn't imagine Cass, season 4, episode 2, saying, if it was something i would give anything not to have you do this to dean if he asked dean to torture Dan, because they haven't gone through anything yet together like Mm -hmm. yeah they have been through much together you and i oh my god (laughs) yeah crazy line still but yeah i think um the beginning is like well that's a guy i saved and so it's interesting that heaven wanted me to do that and that i went through all that stuff to do that and then towards the end of the season it's like everything else that we went through together i was just gonna say that i feel like dean is the only person that Cassis had like a true connection with yeah because all the angels are very much the same they're all very stoic they're all kind of like to the point they're all very matter of fact they only do what heaven tells them to do and he hasn't been exposed to any kind of vulnerability until until he met dean I think, so i feel like yeah. with dean he he really moved him i think okay, i mean I think, he has a connection with uriel and anna like yeah i do think like, that uh, is something but yeah um, i mean i think it's a different connection yeah but, because yeah. with mm-hmm. uriel i i think uriel is asking something different of him than what dean was asking Anna was asking something similar, but Anna was already tainted as like automatically right, bad by fallen. heaven due to because she is fallen. And I think Dean straddles that line of like asking Cass the thing that Cass that appeals to Cass the most. And um again, like being like good in Cass's head because I went through all that trouble to save you. 
Mm. Yeah, I do think that a component a component of Cass's connection to Dean that I haven't thought about that much earlier is the fact that like like this is happening at the same time as like Cass's other relationships deteriorating. Like Yeah, you're right. He had his like, garrison, his, like, he had garrison his family, got killed. But then like yeah, first like Anna chooses to fall to Earth. And, like, yeah. she's gone, and he's been, like, working with her, and, like, she's been his sister for, like, thousands and thousands of years. So, like, that had to have shaken him up at first, and also probably made him think about Earth and humanity yeah. a little differently, just the fact that she chose to do that at all. And then members of his garrison keep getting killed off, like, weekly because of the apocalypse. And then, like... The and also, he's in charge of his, his garrison and dude. shit now. Yeah. Yeah, he's in charge of it now. And then... The Uriel thing demoted, happens. demoted, and then the Uriel thing happens, where it's someone he's trusted for thousands of years, but who has differing thoughts on humanity than him. Turns out to have been yeah. betraying everyone the whole time, and being, like, the cause of the, like, many other deaths in their garrison. Like, seven, was it? Like, that yeah. week or something? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, his like, social life was dying, but also his corporate <laughs> life was dying. He did get demoted, so like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like a time where, like, yeah, where like he would over prioritize his connection to Dean and his head because it's the only thing he has. Yeah. Like during, I this mean, time we've of discussed this when with the line mm-hmm. like we've been through much together, you and I. Because like yeah, we were like they have he it. has it, but like but maybe like, to cast it does yeah. mean like a lot. Like this is a lot for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's all for Cass. Wait, 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 I'm I'm still curious about his feelings about humanity because we get like bits of it in 407 and then we don't later, and I want to know more. I think Cass and humanity mm-hmm. is a situation that will happen more in five. And six specifically, like I think those seasons have a more of a focus on that because Cass just interacts with more humans. Like, right. who, which humans does Cass interact with here? Sam oh, sometimes, 17. and Dean mostly. So, like, I feel like like Cass's well, attitude maybe towards Bobby humanity gets is a less fake good. Bobby's voice on the phone in four. This is true. <laughs> But yeah, he and Bobby could I, be making out sloppy in that junkyard every day. <laughs> we don't know. This is true. Well, um, yeah. Because currently he likes humans in the abstract, as he says to like Uriel, like it's blasphemous of you it's to God's like, call humans like what monkeys or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, they're God's creations. But as his relationship to God like becomes more and more tenuous, I'm curious about. Like, the new reasons that he'll have for loving humanity. Yeah, at this point, Cass is still like, heaven wants to kill all humans or whatever, but God doesn't. Like, that's still his perspective, really. Just like he goes into season. Yes, it's true. He goes into season five thinking this. So, yeah, that's the situation. Mm. Well, Well. let's do uh, fave eps. Monica said something about yellow fever. Or is that your favorite? Or I is do that like an app that you fever? just like? I like it. Yeah. I like yellow fever, but I don't know if it's my favorite. I mean, I'm gonna. You're gonna have to come back to me on that because I'm not sure if I know my favorite quite yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a least favorite? I feel yeah. like a lot of times that's easier to say. 
a least favorite? I have one mm. actually, like okay. at the cuff. Like it's wishful thinking. It's so bad. Oh god, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Do you take it out. Get about? rid of it. Like <laughs> did, 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 I do. The yeah. bear. The bear. Yes, the bear. Oh, the mm-hmm. bear was fine. That the bear yeah, was the fine. Yeah, the bear. That was silly, goofy. I loved the child yeah, actress wonderful. that they got for Audrey. That was the fine. rest of the episode was horrible. <laughs> Throwing up. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Let's. What other terrible episodes are there? Monster movie was a little bit. Wait, bad. should we like say why we hate wishful thinking, or will will the audience just understand? Well, why do we hate it? Okay. Well, I think there's two things. The first thing is like the misogyny and horror in like the storyline of is her name hope like yeah the the woman who's married to the guy who initiated the first week the first wish and the second one is just the ideological inconsistency about why making the wishes is bad and then sam literally saying what that like what makes life life is that you don't get what you want and you're miserable forever and that's good yeah no, I mean, I think the main complaint really is, for me, the hope. whole, like, hope situation. It's and also bad. the fact that they focus on the on guy's, the like, feelings. oh my god, it's so sad that she's not in love with me anymore after the thri- after the spell like, that made yeah, her in like, love with me Like, you ruined guy. her life. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, like, you made a wish hoping it would come true that she would ditch her family, ditch her friends, ditch her job, come live with you, do nothing but please you and make you roast chicken and then offer sex to you whenever you felt bad. And, like, now she's gonna, like, come back to reality with the memories of, like, all of that happening and, like, the horror of that and have to rebuild her life, like, from scratch after being essentially mind-controlled for a month. Yeah, and, like, I think wishful thinking really cements to me who is supposed who supernatural thinks is watching the show you know men. like yeah men yeah yeah and i mean it's very obvious like from a lot of episodes of supernatural but this mm. is the one where it's like oh okay yeah. like there is like was, it's not even yeah. that they mm-hmm. think only men are they think men are the primary watcher it's that they think men are the only ones watching mm. or like they are the only ones watching that we are care obligated about. or even like care to, about catering to yeah so yeah that was like a bit of a oh okay well that's horrible yeah and i talked about this in the uh, in our episode for it but like this is like a ben edlin problem because i think the moment that i had that feeling was in season two with simon said where like yeah there's like is her name tracy the um, i forgot but, okay, there's yeah. like this woman that um, what's that what the guy? Fuck is his name Andy? Is his name Andy? Yeah, Andy. Or mind else? controls. Yeah, kind of. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Ansem Ansem Weems is the one who mind controls her. The like, twin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Andy's twin is like an awful guy who like mind controls women to rape them and then like makes them like jump off a bridge and kill themselves after or whatever the fuck yeah and like this woman is also the love interest of andy his brother and then at the end of the episode like once she's been rescued like she's like in the ambulance and shivering stuff like she's been through like the worst thing ever and then andy approaches her and she like 
is scared of him because she knows that he has mind control like powers like powers as well brother yeah and like the episode ends on like his face looking sad that she rejected him in this moment of like absolute horror and trauma for her and that is also a ben edlund episode like yeah this guy just has a thing where he's like i'm gonna make women like the victims in this episode but like in a way where like it only matters because like this causes them to reject the men that you're supposed to feel bad for in the episode yeah that episode was really bad (laughs) yeah i mean like so many episodes of supernatural are like like this well i mean yeah but also ben edlund specifically i feel like, like you yeah you go into his episodes and like he has good episodes this is true on the head of a pen is his right uh-huh. oh and yeah he did a mystery spot and changing channels too mm-hmm. yeah fun. did he he also did well the man who would be king his most iconic one. Oh yeah yeah but, but like some I, a lot of the times you go into his episodes like I hope there's. Yeah, I hope it doesn't arrive women. This episode. <laughs> he what? also did the Cupid episode too. Oh so my dirty kind of like, Yeah, no, like he. Yeah, he does have a lot of bangers of he good just, ones, like also iconic really ones. Bad about women. Yeah, there are also yes. just ones that are like, oh well, that's horrible. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Mon- I think wishful thinking is the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a worse one? Of season four, I would have to say. Uh, of season four, mm-hmm. yes. In my opinion, I think monster movie. Mm, I oh, did yeah. like monster movie. Monster also, now movie that was Red Dracula. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were they on about in that one? That is not <laughs> what happens in Dracula. <laughs> that is also Van Edlund. Yeah, yeah. That's why my least. This is my least favorite. Mm. You know what? I would do a like a honorary mention to what is that? Family remains. Oh. <laughs> Kind of yeah, bad. Just I mean, it's not as it egregious. Very good. I just don't think it's as bad. It's just also not good at all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's an interesting concept. It's just I feel like the whole family like moral that they had at the end, where it's like it's fine that the dog died and also the uncle died because the nuclear family is so fine. Was a bit crazy. Yeah. yeah. So. And they just witness their dog's throat slit and their uncle impaled in front of them, but it's fine. They're hugging each other. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Best episode. Favorite. Mm. Well, not best. Favorite episode. Let's go I, back. I'd say 421, even though it's also so awful. I it, just It's think a lot that, of thought. Like, like you yeah. think about it a lot, I feel. Yeah. I feel like... Like, all the Sam hallucinations, besides, like, the useless Alistair one, were, like, well-written, well-acted, like, brought together a lot of things that, like, I was like, why aren't they talking about this this season? Like, I feel like it, it was a really good, like, conclusion to the Sam arc that they had for the season. Okay, um, my answer would be um, Lazarus Rising, but I feel like we shouldn't add Lazarus Rising in the mix just because... Well, I mean, obviously. But for me, I think It's a Terrible Life is mm. the best episode this uh, season. Oh, It's a Terrible Life is good. It's, That's a good one. I, I love it. I love it. Um, lots to say, but I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think um, 
We have two oh, Sarah Gambles as the favorites so far. Well, yeah. I mean, I think It's a Terrible Life is like... I do feel sad that it doesn't inform a lot of the future decisions Sam and Dean yeah. make. Like, it feels very isolated, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a big like, it episode. Like, Zachariah is revealed here. Fortnite should also be a big deal, but it isn't. But, like, they, they, they don't really reckon with what they learn here. To the point where sometimes I'm like, do they even remember that? Like, did I forget? But yeah, I think it's still wonderful. And I do think, like, viewing the rest of the season with the lens of what happened in It's a Terrible Life is, like, an effective way to view it, you know. Monica, mm-hmm. have you figured out your favorite episode? Yes, I have. Oh. Um, Let's hear it. My favorite episode is on the head of a pin. Good, of course. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just like that it goes a little bit deeper. Yeah. Into like Cassiel's character, mm-hmm. and then like he really has to like think about his loyalty to heaven, mm-hmm. and he has to confront like the brutality that it would take to war win a yeah. war against hell. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's like it. It also like I feel like on the pin on the head of a pin. I don't know if I'm going to regret saying this, but it really is like kind of like the start of the Destiel storyline. Yeah. Because I the complexity. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it, I like, would give anything to have you not do this is like, was crazy. I feel like the first yeah. moment that anyone would be like, wait a second, this goes deep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like that's just, that's more than just like a plea. That's like, okay, that's a little desperate there. <laughs> I don't mean, I think on the head of a pin, like, it is the first episode in this season that like starts with angels in the like teaser portion of the episode, you know, like mm-hmm. before the splash screen. It was Cass. Like Cass was the opening of this episode. And like that, you know, it's like I think that sets the tone of what the episode would be, which is it's bigger than Sam and Dean. Like it's not about them. And like I like that. Right, I like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about Destiel? I feel like we should. Or shouldn't we? <laughs> we could talk about Destiel. Though, okay, wait. There's something that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Cass arc that probably doesn't yeah. matter. But I think the the contrast between Cass's absolute coldness towards the Novak family in 420 and then him turning around and deciding to save the world and humanity is something that I wish they'd smoothed over mm. a little bit. Because, yeah. like... And I know he was just recently brainwashed by Heaven, so that's probably part of it. But, like, I feel like 420 could have been a really good opportunity to show, like... Okay, when Cass first possessed Jimmy, like, he, like, traumatized Claire for life by going, I'm not your father, and then fucking off forever. But, like, maybe now that, like, he's had more time on Earth, he's talked to Dean, like, he's learned to, like, care about humanity more. Like, like maybe, like, when he repossesses Jimmy and leaves Amelia and Claire, like... Just, like, one word of comfort or, like, one look or something. And it would, like, show that he's changed as a person and, like, how he cares about people. And, like, that would be a better lead-in to him, like, deciding not to end the world yeah. in 422. But, like, we yeah, don't you're right. get that. And I feel like that could have probably fixed most of my issues with the cast arc in season four. 420, Cass is, like, 
I don't know. He's like he the gaff. He absolutely does yeah, not care about yeah, the Novaks. Yeah. And then you know we go to four twenty one, and he's looking at Dean in that crane scene, like, oh my god, Dean, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. And it's like yeah. it is a bit like of a jarring thing if you, especially if yeah, you like, like are watching yeah. for the cast that like, oh yeah, what, what the hell? Yeah, I also just find like he didn't end the world because he wanted to fuck that one guy as like not a particularly interesting idea to me so well, I think it's so that. interesting <laughs> anything I think that it's points so to him having larger values around the sanctity of life or whatever the fuck I would yeah, like well, I mean as I said in our uh, 422 episode like I don't want to overstate how much Dean influenced Cass to stop the apocalypse but I also don't mm-hmm. want to understate it like yeah, it does yeah. matter. It's it not the matters. only thing that matters, yeah. but it does but it's, matter. Yeah. Um, it's a main thing, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I think our next part is well, Crystal, you're supposed to discuss the thing. <laughs> Wait, what thing? <laughs> like the fucking spreadsheets, right? Oh, is is that now? Okay, wait, oh. but you said should we talk about Destiel and then we didn't talk about Destiel. <laughs> You're right. Well, do we have anything to say about Destiel? I mean, like, for me, They honestly, do want to fuck like, each other. It, it is true. I did see it on my screen how they wanted to fuck each other. I don't know if they're romantically into each other yet, but they do want to fuck each other. No, I think um, I am just surprised that... Because, you know, when you're in the fandom a lot, you, you, you interface with Destiel a lot. So there is a tendency to be like... Yeah, maybe you're um, overstating it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, we are in a community where we are engaging with it in this way. So, of course, we're going to, you know? But mm-hmm. seeing the show and the Destiel scenes with, with the context of the show, it's like, no, it is real. Like, it is happening on my screen. And it is a bit of a shock, even if I knew it was going to be there, that it was mm. really there with the intensity that it was in. So well, that's I all know. I have Monica, to say. Monica, really. do, do you have season four Destiel thoughts? All I have to say is that they try to tell them that it wasn't happening, and girl, it was. <laughs> the one thing that they don't do is look back at the source, because if it's one thing, the Supernatural fans will do. It, they will revisit. Yeah. They will revisit, okay? They will cite their sources. Yeah. All right? You put it in the show. You wrote the show. <laughs> a lot of the people who were writing on season four were still writing yeah, on the show right, yeah. until, like, season 10, season 11. And those same people would go into conventions and laugh or chuckle at the even mention of Destiel. And listen, <laughs> I am a firm believer that, like, maybe you shouldn't bring up ships around actors because they could feel uncomfortable. But... You could tell us what wasn't happening because you wrote the show. Yeah, you wrote the line, <laughs> I mean, sir. Okay. We're not dumb. Okay, do we sometimes think it was yeah, an go. acting or a writing thing that carried Dusty on season four? Though, like, do you think that there's I mean, like a character that could have the same lines here's, as cast? That? Here's my hot take. I think okay. it's the directing. I think Robert Singer did this. <laughs> Because of the blocking? Yeah, no, honestly, I'm on your side on that one, yeah. Like, I think it's just like, you know, like, this is where they stand, this is how they... You didn't have to stand that close. Robert Singer was like, a few inches closer, (laughs) go. No, yeah, like, a lot of the times, like, when we talk about Destiel in season four specifically, it's about the blockings. 
it's about the vibe of the scene, how the scene mm-hmm. looks in comparison to other scenes in the show of the season. Like something I say a lot about season four, Desiel is like a lot of it is so quiet. A lot of it like happens at night in the privacy of anything else. And the reason why is because they're trying to make cast mysterious and like you know specifically like mysterious and talking to Dean. Mm-hmm. But the way it comes off is like. I don't even know. Like, they're just hanging out. Yeah. At night, in the dark, standing very close to each other. Okay, so I guess let's start with the the tab on the spreadsheet that I call Writer's Sins, which is our misogyny, racism, and homophobia stats. So, um, under misogyny, the episode we ranked as the most misogynistic was Lucifer Rising, Written by and directed by Eric Kripke, which we gave four misogyny points. Really? Because it ends the Ruby story? Is that why? Yeah, because the way that it ends the Ruby story, and you also had a special aversion to the the way that the nuns were killed in that episode. Yeah. Um, Following that, there are three episodes that got three misogyny points, and those are Monster Movie, Wishful Thinking... And the Hell monster yeah. at the end of this book. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I can't believe we put Wishful Thinking a tree. We should have got that yeah. higher. But okay. We should have we put it higher. I think, I think we got more liberal with our points after we came back from Rubbish Pod. Because we weren't as inundated in the supernatural bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We yeah. weren't as used to it. Mm-hmm. So... Under racism, the episode we ranked as the most racist was On the Head of a Pin by Ben Edlund, which is because it concludes the Uriel arc, I believe. Yeah. So that got three points. And then the other second most racist episode (laughs) um, was Heaven and Hell, which had two points. And I think that's also because of the way they treated Uriel as a character. And Ruby's... um Right, and also when Ruby possessed a black maid, and the direction the way that was directed choices, was yeah, yeah, was oh that was weird. yeah, they were like yeah. suddenly she is sassy like in yeah. a new way, and it's like interesting. Yeah. Why That's is like, that? Yeah, like Ruby has been into two, a uh, tree vessels at that point, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, why is this the only one that's different? What's that about? Yeah. Um. And then for homophobia, obviously our winner winner it's chicken dinner life. is "It's a Terrible Life" by Sarah Gamble. I love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Because the whole thing was like, wouldn't it be gay if you had a job in an office? <laughs> and wouldn't it be funny if it was gay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after that, we don't have a three-point... That one had four points of homophobia. We don't have a three-point homophobia. The, the next one is a two-point homophobia on Chris Angel as a douchebag by Julie Siege because of, I think, the way that the magicians were reacting to the the new one, Jeb, or whatever. But they were was also very, gay. <laughs> but they... Yeah, I mean, we know in our hearts that they were also in a polycule. <laughs> Um, oh, and also the fucking chief. I forgot about the chief. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, you haven't been had till you've had been had until by the chief. Been had by the chief. <laughs> Love yeah. that. Um, and then if we just added up everything, like, 
the the worst episode in terms of social ills was lucifer rising which we gave five Mm -hmm. total points um also not one of our categories but of course we gave 421 five points for ableism for (laughs) the way they (laughs) treated sam's addiction so it is also (laughs) pretty bad yeah yeah in terms of writers themselves um this is a this is a fun season because I there's like no one off writers like yeah. at all. In season it's three we still had guest really. writers. Season four it's like the team: Eric Kripke, Sarah yeah. Gamble, Jeremy Carver, Katherine Humphreys, Ben Edlund, the Dab Laughlin duo, which will become a Dab solo thing eventually, right? And Julie eventually, Siege. but it's still a long time from now. Yeah. So. For our writers, our most misogynistic writer is Eric Kripke, (laughs) who had an average of two and two-thirds misogyny per episode over his three episodes. He is also our most racist writer with one and one-third average racism points per episode. Our most... I mean, if you guys... I just want to speak on that real quick. Yes. Um, I feel like it hasn't changed. Yeah. Because if you look at, like, the recent... Yes, like if you look at the recent casting for the oh, boys tell and like the two new like uh-huh. they're they're adding like two women to the cast mm-hmm. and one is a black woman, one's a white woman, and they're supposed to be like the new antagonist. Mm. So now I'm sitting here like, okay, if you don't know anything about the boys, if you haven't been watching it, I'm like, okay, so we really setting y'all up you really setting us up mm. to do this and yet Homelander will still live? Mm. Is that it? Like what's it gonna take? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. I haven't seen the boys. Yeah. Who's Homelander? Is the main character. Um, Homelander. Right? <laughs> or okay. am I completely you lying? That, yeah, he is one of the main characters. I thought the main and character if you've seen was any an of Asian like the woman. So there is an Asian woman in the show, okay. but she I is one her. of the main characters, but she also doesn't talk. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, fulfilling the, you know, silent Asian trope, which we love. Mm. Um but Homelander is also, like, the main antagonist for some reason, who for some reason doesn't die, okay. and who for some reason hasn't been killed yet. And if you've seen the meme of that... Of that guy, guy, like, looking around and, like, and, like smiling, kinda. Is it the one? Yeah, yeah. that's a Homelander. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I can't, I don't think I've seen this meme, or the description I'll, I'll send it to you at some point, don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> and you will recognize it immediately. Mm-hmm. In terms of homophobia, our most homophobic writer is of Sarah, course, Gamble. Sarah Gamble because of what happened in It's a Terrible Life. So she has an average of one homophobia point per her four episodes, but that's just because we gave her four <laughs> points one time. Um, that. For like totals, Eric Kripke is the worst in average of four writer sins per episode. Which means that he committed 12 throughout this season, which is quite a few. Um, and then runner-ups for worst writers in terms of social ills are Ben Edlund, uh, average of three and a third points total for his three episodes. And then Julie Siege, who had an average of two and two-thirds points for her three episodes. So yeah, Love that. that is the state of things. Huh, if we want yeah. to do a comparative look between seasons four and three, um just there are there are more points 
in season four than season three. Like our worst but season overall three is writer so short. in season three. Well, this is averages. Okay, okay. Our worst overall writer in season three ben was Ben Edlund, who had two and two thirds average points per episode. So comparing yeah. to the the four points max in season four with Eric Kripke, either either we've gotten looser with our points giving, or they've gotten worse as people. Uh, okay, uh, IMDb. Did I IMDb. win? Did I lose? What's the situation? You lost. Are you serious? <laughs> you lost. That's so sad. I know. Wait, I'm going this to never go to our doc right now. Yeah. This is All so right. horrible. All right. Well, why why did I lose? What's the situation? Okay, so why did you lose? So I guess for the two of us, um, we each only guessed one episode correctly for the IMDb score. I guessed The Rapture correctly, and you guessed Monster at the end of this book correctly. Um, for yeah. our most off guesses, um, it, for in the beginning, you guessed that it was an 8.4 on IMDb. It is a 9.2. So I think that did a lot of damage to you. Yeah. Um, you also guessed Metamorphosis a lot higher. You guessed Great Pumpkin a lot higher. Um, same with Chris Angel. And then you guessed heaven and hell a lot lower so i feel like those yeah. were the main hits that you took um uh i was 0.7 points off on metamorphosis i thought it was ranked higher than it was and i also thought that chris angel was more beloved and that yellow fever was less beloved so those were my major points off but yeah. basically your absolute difference on average from the imdb score was 0.332 and mine was 0.314 so i was closer <laughs> than you were by a smidgen though really the Boo. real winner of this season was danica who only guessed on one episode lazarus rising and was off by 0.2 so her average <laughs> offness is 0.2 points which is a lot better I than both of ours it i love it um yeah but yeah and what is like the surprise yeah. episode here i think when the levy breaks is the one when the levy breaks is the one where uh -huh. i'm like that is low that's true that was also higher. a surprise episode both of us guessed it to be like at least 0.5 higher than i yeah. gave it um in terms mm. of how each of the writers fared on imdb uh, Eric Kripke was the most beloved, 9.17 average IMDb score. But that's just because he gives himself like the finales and the first episodes and shit. Um, and then after that, Ben Edlund had an 8.7 av, Dab and Laughlin 8.63, and then Jeremy Carver 8.6. And then Sarah Gamble and Julie Siege had the worst IMDb scores with an 8.55 for Gamble and an 8.5 for Siege. That's not true. Oh, no. Sorry. The worst I forgot so bad I forgot about her was Catherine Humphreys at an 8.2. <laughs> no, but like, I think Metamorphosis was good. It was just yeah, not they just, rated high. It just was not rated high. I think Sex and Violence, Sex and was, violence not very good. was interesting. It was yeah. also just not rated. It was not high. very good. Okay, so for our final bit, 
we need to rank season four in comparison to all the other seasons. Mm-hmm. So currently, our ranking is one, two, three. Right. Where is season yeah. four? Do we think season? season I think season four is better than two and three for sure. Do we think it's better than season one? It's been so long. Like I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I think season one is better than season four. Okay. Yeah. I am inclined to rate season four higher just because I don't remember season one so good, and also it had like bugs and the racist truck and all that shit in it like i feel like there were probably some real clunkers in season one there are also some real clunkers in season four though so i don't know i think we shouldn't think of it as individuals we should think of it as a whole is season four as a whole better than season one as a whole and i think season one is better when i think of season one as a whole like i'm thinking about like bad moon rising the thick like, I don't know what season one is outside of the concepts of Bad Moon Rising, the fic, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm just well, gonna, I'm gonna put season four higher for now. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, no, I miss Meg. I miss Meg. No, season one's better. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to hear what Monica is going to say about this. Do you think season okay. 1 or 4 is better? Season 4 is definitely better. Okay. <gasps> it's definitely better. Okay. It's found its footing. It's better writing. The characters are finally like being introduced to higher stakes. Yeah. There's more at there's more to lose. There's a lot more that we have to like deal with and there are new characters being introduced so we don't know who's going to last. We don't know who's going to, you know, be in season 5, who's going to be like written off essentially. So, season 4 is definitely better cuz season 1 is literally like the starting off point where they're doing just like, you know, whatever. Monster of the yeah, week they're just doing trying whatever. to find their dad. Oh. Yeah, season 4 is really when Supernatural hits the ground running. Like season think, 4 is definitely better. I think that's true if we're talking about the plot. Like, the plot does get better in season four. This is true. Because in season mm. one, they really were just fucking around. Yeah. But they were fucking around think and occasionally thinking about their dad. Season one, vibes wise. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, on one hand, like, season four is like where Cass shows up. So that is important to me in that way. But season one, I feel like it's like season one, Sam and Dean, I like them the most. So what do you think? <laughs> I, I mean, know, I'm being swayed honestly, by Monica a little bit. Like, well, yeah, like the Monster of the Week format in season one is kind of tiring. Like, no, the thing is, when we were watching season one, we hated it. Yeah. But it's like a good season to look back on if you're not rewatching it. <laughs> right. So it's only okay. good in the mind and not on the screen. <laughs> okay i think maybe we should put season four up because i did just say that season one is bad on screen (laughs) i mean i I also think season four is bad on screen (laughs) like this isn't like a both are so good i'm trying to figure it out this is like a which one could i tolerate more thing to me honestly i think um it's just because season four is sad Season 4 is a sad season, especially if you're watching it from the Sam perspective. It's very... We were crying, like, every other week in season 1, and, like, we barely cried But that's because we were really into it. That's Uh true. 
So like, okay, there has to well, be a reason we were crying so much. Like, it's because it was it? effective. It's because, yeah. as I said, like, the characters season are good. Season four isn't effective. No, season four is effective in what it's trying to do, and it's trying to do plot. Season okay. one is effective, and it's what trying to do, and it's trying to do character. Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Well. Well. What if we just put them side by side? What do you think? What do you think? Seems like the coward's <laughs> way out to me. This is true. This is we're just like John Winchester for real. Um, well, I'll <sighs> put season one above. Yeah, that's my final answer. For the sake of equality, I'll put season four above. No, wait, we're going to have different rankings. Oh Isn't wait, we wait. Was there a requirement for us to come to a bad pod consensus on this? Yes, but I mean, it's because okay. we had a consensus in one, two, and three, so we can have like a we we're splitting off in season four, just like Sam just and like seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still don't even okay. know if I believe it though, because season one is so. I think of season one very fondly in my mind, but I think that's I just because I haven't watched it for like a year, <laughs> more than a year. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, <laughs> see, Mac is agreeing. Well, let's just separate. Let's let's tread okay. different paths. Okay, okay, okay. Monica, you said that season three is sort of like your fave, though, right? Like, I like season three just because it's fun. Mm-hmm. But like season four, arguably, is the best. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Wait. So okay, our ranking, great, great. Well, my ranking right now is season four, then one, then two, then three. Grey's is. One, four, two, three. What are what are your rankings for the first four seasons of Supernatural? Um, I would probably say if I had to rank them, it would be four, three, one, and two. Mm. Four, three, one, and two. That's yeah. that's fascinating. You really like season three. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. I feel like season three has the most like fun meta episodes yeah and it doesn't really take itself too seriously but also like it was in the middle of the 07 writer yeah. strike yeah and only has 16 is, episodes yeah so they were just kind of like doing whatever yeah. yeah yeah i do i do think that like um ghost chasers or no it was ghost facers yeah i think that ghost facers, ghost facers yeah and like mystery spot are definitely a good fun time I think that yeah. season three, like, the last few episodes of season three were quite underwhelming, and that's probably what caused us to dislike it so much by the end. But, I mean, like, Bella was there. Like, that was fun. Yeah. Wait, why don't you like season two? I mean, it's nothing against season two or anything like that, you know? Like, let me ask you. What did you think of season two? And I'll give you my answer. Mm, Horrible. We hated it. It, yeah, I felt pretty annoyed during a lot of it. Um, I feel like they just did a bad job with the overarching plot. I think, like the way it was, they just um, it was really good when it started. Kids thing. Yeah, yeah. Like two hundred one was a banger. Um, we hated two hundred two because of actually the it was also film. really good when it ended. I feel like. Hmm. Was it? So why did we not like it? <laughs> Was it good when it ended? Like, yeah, how, how was Abel, though? Like, did we like it that much? I mean, they treat Jake horribly. That's, like, the main thing I remember about it. I mean, I don't know. But, again, Supernatural is very much a show where 
it's good in retrospect. So like now that we're thinking about it, it's like OMG, it was real good. Like what did we I not mean, like about it? Is it was it real good? Like I remember Simon said, which I did not like. Um, two hundred one yeah. was really good. Awful. Like the main things I remember about that are like being mean to Jake. And then um, John Winchester rising from hell, <laughs> like clapping and Dean on the shoulder with, and then disappearing yeah. into heaven. Like, yeah, I think I think I think I liked Joe and no exit, like her presence and like Ellen's presence and Ash's presence mm-hmm. all was something good in season two. But I do recall being frustrated that they didn't develop the overarching plot very well. yeah. Season two, like everything just entered like at the end. Um, they there was no like build up in the middle of the season. But mm. I would say that it's kind of like again the vibe situation. Like I like the vibe of like Sam and Dean are here and their dad just died and they're trying to find their way around the world with that. And I think Sam's character arc that season was interesting of like, I hate dad and then like he dies and it's like, well, he was right probably. And Dean's, you know, experiencing the opposite of that arc. And it's, that was really, I was really into that. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I think the reason why I'm not a huge fan of season two, because if I have to put up, I guess, the fourth season, I'm just going to say season two is maybe not like, I don't want to say it's bad. But, but it's weak, yeah. You know, they're, it's a little weaker. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they introduce the chase for Azizel. And that's interesting. And then they bring in Bobby, who I love. And then there's, like, the complex prophecy behind Sam's destiny. Like, you have to, like, other children with special abilities. Yeah. Like you mentioned, there's an episode where, like, the brother... That's the season two, right? Yeah. Where the brother has the mind control. Yeah. yeah. That's also the same season. So, season two is kind of, like, trying to continue on with season one. But they can't really do the... They can't do monster of the week because you're still introducing new things and you're trying to follow like a storyline yeah. and they're supposed to be like um, something we're chasing mm-hmm. at the end of the season and like all this other stuff. So I think that season two is really what Supernatural is trying to build something more yeah. out of what the show really is. And they're just first finding their footing. So it's just kind of like, the first start yeah the first draft it feels a little bit like a bridge season i understand almost yeah yeah. i think that's Mm -hmm. how i feel about season three more and that's why i didn't like it as much but yeah i mean i don't think you can blame that necessarily on season three due to the circumstances in which it was created you know yeah no we are season three yeah i feel like i didn't like it very much because it's just like the season where they try to prevent Dean from going to hell, but I know he's going to hell anyway. Yeah. I feel like it would be much more effective if you didn't know that, you know? Like, if you were mm-hmm. like, oh my god, he really does go to hell at the end? What the hell? So, yeah. Right. Um, so that's it for this episode of Bus Asian Beauties. Next week, we will be, uh, I don't know, like, well, five we will one. be doing season five, episode one. What's that called? Whatever it's called. Um... Uh, <laughs> Um, what is it called it's sympathy for the devil yeah well we're doing that but before you know we leave monica do you want to tell the audience where to find you how to contact you contact you well yeah yeah 
Yeah, you guys can find me. Um, you can look up my podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. And you can listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, you can find my podcast, you know, like wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on TikTok. Definitely check out our YouTube because we upload uh, highlights like um, at least twice or three times a week. Nice. And we have the full video version of the podcast up every Monday afternoon. And you can find me on TikTok at my first name 3000 and follow me on there because i like to talk about movies and tv shows and do analysis on tiktok and that's about it thank you so much for having me on guys yeah thank you so much for coming here yeah yeah yes follow us on social media we are on tumblr at bestiationbeautiespod.tumblr.com our official tag is babpod babypod thanks to everyone who's donated to our ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash pod and check out our merch at badpod.redbubble.com uh, Yeah, you can email us at bestiationbeautiespod at gmail.com See you guys next time! Bye! Bye. Bye.